What's up? Welcome to Sports Bluff. Ryan, devastating news came down uh, shortly after the Thursday night game this week. Joe Burrow uh, suffered a wrist injury and it looked bad when it happened. The news was really worst case scenario. He is out for the season, has to have surgery. The season's over for Joe Burrow and essentially the Bengals. The question I want to pose we know this season is lost, but does this injury cast some doubt over Cincinnati's future, like into next year and the year after? Because a lot of people viewed 2023 as kind of a best chance to go win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I kind of feel like we've been here before, right? I, I, I felt like this news has broke before where Joe Burrow is out for the season. Seems that we have visited this story in the past. Um, I don't think that it casts much doubt for me uh, for the Bengals. I know Joe Burrow, you can semi-make a case that he's injury-prone, but I think he's just had some unlucky mishaps. And I think he, um, as we're starting to find out, probably played through things that he shouldn't have. This injury was obviously a thing before the game started. I know an investigation's underway. And, you know, the, the facts are going to come out eventually. You think when, it was an injury beforehand? You, Tristan, do you ever wear a piece of technology on your hand? Ryan, you go. Uh, for okay. fun? Oh, okay. Are you so, Iron Man? Obvious, Unless you're Iron Man, you should not have something on your hand getting off of a bus. That's a fair point. He does have enough money, though, so I would like to see if he's in bed with any uh, military contractors. Well, you know, he just, he just bought a ranch. Okay. Does Iron Man have a ranch? I don't know, but Joe Burrow does. Bought it for $7.5 million. Well, if he, if he moves that. to Malibu, I'm going to start freaking out. But otherwise, did you hear the explanation, though? It was the explanation going around was, well, yeah, he might have been writing on his tablet. First with off, what? With the little thing on his hand. Tristan, I'm pretty well-versed in technology. We publish a podcast every single week. A couple of them, actually. <laughs> we actually run a small podcasting publishing company. And not once have I ever heard of a piece of technology that you wear around the palm of your hand to help you write. Who writes with the palm of their hand? Uh, agreed. And by the way, even if there was such a thing, if you wore it, I would judge you. If, yeah. Could you imagine sitting down with a tablet, especially someone cool like Joe Burrow and saying, hold on, guys, let me put on my little <laughs> wrist glove. No, it was obvious that he... Got off the bus with that. It got caught. It's been examined Zapruder film style. They got busted not putting him on the injury report. That's not on Joe Burrow. That's on the organization, the way that all goes. I hope whatever investigation happens uh, is fruitful because that needs to be addressed going forward. I would imagine it's it was honestly like some type of TENS unit device or something to keep the muscles stimulated or, or to, you know work them out a little bit, relax them. Um, but you could tell when Joe Burrow released that last ball that something wasn't right. Obviously, he he pretty much just grimaced in pain, went to the sideline, couldn't, couldn't hold it. the ball, yeah. and that's when you knew that hey, this is a lot more serious than we think it is. And um, then all the facts started coming out, and and the picture of him getting off the bus and everything. So it just it brings into question like. What, what number one? What's the Bengals season going to look like for the rest of the year? Doesn't look too great to be it's honest over. with you. Yeah, uh, doesn't look like my prediction for them going to the Super Bowl is going to turn out too well for me. Uh, but what is the future of the Bengals going to look like? Because as we've talked about and we've 
alluded to that they're, they're going to have to start paying people at the end of this year, right? Uh, going into the 2024 season. So, where does the Bengals team stand? How many of these receivers can they keep? What can they improve upon? And do you think that next year, going in, uh, say midway through next season, do you think we see a Bengals team that has a winning record without all these weapons that they have now, and they still are managing to scrape by? So I think as long as Joe Burrow is there, they're going to win. They're going to win games. They're going to be successful. They're going to be in the playoff hunt. The problem, obviously, is the receiver situation. You cannot pay Jamar Chase and pay T. Higgins. It's not going to happen. Now, T. Higgins has been dealing with some injuries this year, so maybe maybe there's a world where it makes him more manageable, but I doubt it. He's going to want a bigger contract. The, the Bengals just aren't going to be able to afford it. That's That's been the thing we've been saying for a couple years. They have all these weapons. It's not a cheat code. They drafted them. That That's good on them. They got all the, yeah. all the young weapons. But the time comes once your quarterback his franchise contract starts to kick in as it really will next year. He, you know, they're not spending a bunch of money on Burrow. Once you're spending a ton of money on the quarterback, you can't have two really highly paid uh, receivers as well as keeping all this talent on defense. So they are going to lose the talent and you're going to see them regress more to the medium like the Chiefs where they're going to have to focus more on drafting and drafting well. The good news is they have been drafting well, at least since Zach Taylor came along and uh, since the Joe Burrow era, they have been. So I think they'll be okay. I think Joe Burrow will find a way to manage it. But the big concern for me is, as you referenced, Joe Burrow's health. I don't like saying someone's injury prone. I I really don't because everyone gets hurt. You're having 300-pound guys tackle you and drive you into the ground. You know, things are going to get hurt. But just put this graphic up. This is Joe Burrow's injury history just in the NFL. This season, even going to college where he had a a couple issues. November 2020, his first season, tore his ACL and MCL um, in like week 10 or his 10th game, missed the remainder of the season. July 2022, had the appendectomy. It was sidelined for the preseason. Remember, they got off to a really slow start before turning it around. This year, in August, strained the calf. Even though he played week one, it was obvious to everyone that he wasn't healthy up until week five. And now, in November, tore a ligament in his right wrist out for the season. The appendectomy, you might can throw off of there and say, ah, that happens. But the other three are relatively significant injuries that has either caused him to miss time or greatly affected his play. And I, I do find that concerning for a guy who is still early in his career. Yeah, it's just, it's awful because this team, this was their last year to make a run at it with all these guys. And I'll tell you what, if you're the Ravens or the Browns, you're sad about Burrow being injured, but you're also happy at the same time knowing that uh, you're one step closer and one less opponent away from clinching that division. So here's the thing, though. We just assume they're going to be back and be there next year, but they're going to enter what is basically phase two. The Chiefs had to do this when the Chiefs moved on from Tyreek Hill, you know what I mean, and started drafting younger guys. Now those younger guys are in their second year. Buffalo, they did the opposite. They went and got a bunch of older free agents, and they've dealt with injuries. And Buffalo, whereas instead of reloading with young guys and drafting, it hasn't really worked out for them. Not picking on you, I'm just saying that's just the fact of it. It's totally possible Cincinnati could end in a position like that. I don't think they will because they draft so well. But the way they manage this offseason and, you know, the next year or two going forward is going to be really pivotal in 
the next stage of the Joe Burrow era, right? Because you know he's going to be efficient, but you want to maximize his yeah. talent and potential while you can. Well, like you said, you got to work on that draft. If you want to know how to do a draft when you're in need of talent, take a page from Andy Reid's playbook and the Chiefs organization. Look at how they did it and copy it. Yeah. It's Brett, not Brett hard. Veach. Yeah. Just look at how they did it. Do what they did. Find the talent in, uh, you know, the the hidden treasures mm-hmm. of the draft. Pacheco, um, uh, Rice, yeah, all McDuffie, those guys yeah. that can actually make an impact on your team quickly. Because Pacheco, I mean, he was making an impact last year, right? And so um, that's what you got to do if you're the Bengals. That's your, really your only hope. You don't go the way of the Bills. It doesn't work. I promise you. All these yeah. old guys get hurt, and then. It's just a trickle-down effect. We'll talk about the Bills later on, but um, it, it's going to be fun, interesting, worrisome to see how the Bengals are going to work their way back up after the series of unfortunate events from Joey B. Yeah, okay, last question, we'll move on. What I want to... They'd be better off in this case because of what we're just talking about, needing to draft players and having to prepare for Phase 2. Wouldn't they be better off losing out? You know, Joe Burrow's gone. I mean, people are like, oh, they don't have a backup quarterback they can contend. Well, you're not going to win the Super Bowl without him. So, like, you're better off losing all your games out so you can have a higher draft pick. With Joe Burrow playing, you're never going to pick in the top 10. Now you're in a situation where you could get a really top-tier player. And I, I think you, I know you're not supposed to tank and stuff. It's not even tanking. You know, I, I think well, you just need to capitalize on that opportunity. Well, then also you got to think about these receivers, right? These receivers know that they're probably going somewhere else right. next season. So how hard are they going to be willing to play when they know that they have no shot of making it into uh, the Super Bowl, the, the playoffs? You're not going to get 100% out of these guys. That's just human nature at that point, I believe. I mean, if you, if you tell me that you know my job isn't going to be secure next year but still work my butt off for the current company I'm with, that's going to fire me? No. <laughs> just not going to happen and so uh this is their version of a two weeks notice and they're not going to work it out no i guess you got a point there uh it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and on the way it leaves the afc is really weird and wide open it almost feels like it's the chiefs or the ravens to lose at this point now that the Bengals and bills are out of it none of us saw this coming preseason watch out for the browns just saying just watch out keep winning that's for sure they could be the dark horse absolutely anything could happen it is a Uh, It's open season in the NFL. We're going to do grades for AFC teams. Not every AFC team, but we're going to look at uh, basically the playoff contenders and maybe one or two extra and discuss where we think uh, they are as their season has progressed so far. Do you remember in high school when grades used to come out, the teacher would walk down the rows and hand out the papers with the grades on them, and it would always be on a Friday right before the weekend. It's like they set you up for it. It's yeah, like, okay, absolutely. So I'm ready to get grounded when I get home. Thanks a lot. Yeah, they wanted to make sure they ruined your weekend. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to ruin the whole week, though. That's why we're doing it on a Monday. So uh, I'm going I to know, start. I know all the NFL teams are on the seat uh, of their pants, but it, I'm telling you what, some of these guys deserve probably worse than what we're giving them. Yeah, especially if your grading system is any indication because you have no idea what you're doing. We'll. Look, Deal with that when we get there. Have I ever claimed to be? Look down here at the title of my name. (laughs) That's right. Hey, says it right there. Uh, All right, let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. 
I think for the Baltimore Ravens, this season has gone essentially best case scenario. Uh, They brought in new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken from Georgia. They finally brought in offensive weapons for Lamar Jackson, Zay Flowers, OBJ, after giving him the big contract. The question was, will Lamar perform up to that contract? Will he return to MVP form? Can they win the division? Can they be a legit Super Bowl contender? The answer to all of that is a resounding yes. Right now, they're eight and three. They're the two seed. They're atop the AFC North. They are cruising. They are absolutely cruising. They're right there within reach of the Chiefs. One slip up from Kansas City and Baltimore can grab the one seed. The Mark Andrews injury is concerning, and that has been Baltimore's Achilles heel. They have injuries and they fall apart late in the season. But if they can stay healthy, this is great for the Baltimore Ravens. They get an A. You know, I tend to agree with you. You can't really argue anything uh, less than that, right? They are on a roll. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tristan. Mike Tomlin has this team a little all over the place. Somehow they're above 500, and it feels like a, a job interview where everybody else that interviewed for the position just wasn't qualified, so somehow you got the job. And this is kind of how the Steelers are rolling this year. They keep winning games somehow. Uh, their offense looked abysmal. Matter of fact, today uh, in the Sunday game, uh, week 11, but they're Seventh seed, third in the AFC North. They're six and four. Somehow, again, they're managing to win certain games that you really have no business winning. I personally uh, think the Steelers are a crap show. And at any given moment, one wheel can fall off and the whole wagon goes down in flames. So give me C plus for the Pittsburgh Steelers just because they are above 500. Yeah, Mike Tomlin finds a way to uh, get wins for that team, and it just it frustrates you because it's like, oh, imagine what he could do if he had a decent offense. That's a topic for another day, though. Uh, I'm going to touch on another AFC North team, the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to give the Browns a B plus, which is kind of crazy. Despite all of the chaos surrounding that organization and franchise, they're seven and three. They're the five seed, and if it wasn't for the Deshaun Watson injury, they would almost be a shoe in for the playoffs. Kevin Stefanski is a good football coach. We know that. The defense is arguably the best in the league. I mean, they are shutting teams down. Sometimes they have games where they give up points. They let Baltimore hang 30 on them, but they found a way to win. Will they stay at a B plus? I don't know because with DTR coming in as quarterback, I obviously think they're going to fall off. I don't think the the season has the promise that it did a couple weeks ago, but we... When this season started, we knew they had the talent, but I don't think any of us thought they'd actually be at 7-3 and three and in contention. And if any team has the Browns on their schedule, they're not looking forward to playing them. They're a physical, uh, brutal football team to play. It's been a good season for them, and B-plus is, I think, more than fair. Let's move on to the Buffalo Bills. Doesn't bring me joy to admit that this team is no more than a C-ranking in my grade book this year so far. Uh, you know, they've had a lot of injuries on defense. They've had poor offensive performances. They've had really embarrassing losses to the Jets, to the Pats, to the Broncos. And, you know, it's really been an embarrassing season for the Bills as much as we talked them up in every other media company, I would assume uh, sports broadcasting, talked them up as if they were a Super Bowl contender. And right now they have essentially the same record as the Pittsburgh Steelers. And right now, I don't even think they're seated, right? They're out. They're not in the playoffs. 
So it looks really, really bleak for the Buffalo Bills right now. They fired Ken Dorsey to try to rejuvenate the offense. Today they played well and pretty much blew out the Jets. Don't trust it, guys. I'm a Bills fan. I've been a Bills fan for quite a while, and you just can't trust this right now. The the Bills can look great one week and then have two losing weeks back-to-back. So um, a C is what they're getting from me because they, they are just not holding up their end of the bargain in this division for me. Absolutely. The season for them has been a complete roller coaster ride. And at this point, you're really just waiting for the offseason and waiting for a regime change because it seems inevitable and necessary at this point. Uh, you touched on your team. Let me touch on mine. The Kansas City Chiefs. Some people m- might would give them a lower grade, but I don't see how you could give them anything less than an A. Uh, I thought about an A plus, but you'd have to be basically undefeated to get that right. I'm giving the Chiefs an A. They're seven and two. They're the one seed. They're controlling their destiny. Smart money is on them to win the AFC. They are in position to do what they do every season. The knock against them is that the offense isn't as proficient. Oh, this version of the offense. Wait, what was different about the offense last season? Oh, they had Juju Smith-Schuster, and now we have Rasheed Rice, who's actually better than Juju. So I don't know why everyone's freaking out. Uh, The answer is because we struggle to score in the red zone. Offensive scoring in the red zone has gone down, but when you have a top three defense, a defense that's only giving up 15 points a game, you don't have to score 38. It's the best defense of Mahomes' career. It's the first time he's been able he's been able to rely on a defense that dominant. It's a different Chiefs team, but just as effective, just as scary, and right now still in control of their destiny. So absolutely, they get an A. They get an A, but they do play games quite close, and I wish you guys would work on that a little bit. And then also at the same time, teach us how to actually win games. Let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. They're going to get an A- minus for me. They would get an A- plus if their offense was consistent. Kind of a similar problem that the Chiefs have. I, I think that the, the Dolphins have a very high-powered offense. Everybody knows that, right? But they aren't consistent. When they play good teams like you say, Tristan, uh, their offense struggles, and we've actually seen the defense step up lately. So the defense has been keeping them in games and playing a lot better midway through the season than they did early in this season. So I think the Dolphins deserve a a, a well a well rounded A minus. I don't think that um, being first in the AFC East gets you anything less than an A minus. You have to be up there, and you know when you're seven and three, you're doing pretty good for yourself. I'd like to see the offense. You know, when when they're getting pressured, keep Tua a little bit more stable and not, you know, uh, completely fall apart when defenses are actually really good. But if it wasn't for the Miami Dolphins defense stepping up the last couple of weeks, you could see that seven uh, seven wins be a lot less. But right now, their last three games are the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. So we're really about to see coming into the latter part of the season what this Miami Dolphins team is actually made of. But A minus right now, I think they'll finish top uh, this AFC East and make it in to the playoffs. Definitely in the playoffs if they win the division. I predicted preseason they would win the division. Uh, I thought they would take a step up. Again, we got to see them beat some good football teams, some teams on par with them. They haven't been able to do it. We'll see if they can uh, as the season progresses. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a team I was really high on, a team I predicted to be the one seed in the AFC and to go to the Super Bowl. I thought this would be Trevor's breakout season. I thought he would take another jump. Him and Doug Peterson, it hasn't really happened that way. The Jaguars have been frustrating. I'm giving them a B plus because they're still good. They've got a 7-3 and three record. They're the three seed in the AFC. They're atop the AFC South, but Houston's coming, so watch out. 
I just it, it's similar to what you said with uh, uh, the Bills about them being inconsistent. You don't know what you're getting game to game. Even though the Jags have only lost three games, it, you don't know who's showing up. They got embarrassed by the 49ers. Uh, they lost to the Chiefs in a, in a close one. They went on that stretch, won five or six in a row. I just am not in a position where I can trust the Jaguars to go in every week and execute. They Sometimes they show up and they're sloppy. Sometimes they show up and they're flawless. I still like uh, Doug Peterson a lot. I still like Trevor Lawrence, but he hasn't taken the leap I expected him to this year. It feels like the defense is uh, carrying a little more of the weight. So B-plus for them, still a good season, but just not at the level I expected it to be by week 11. I feel like we're going to keep riding the roller coaster for the rest of the season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's move on to the team I am most excited to talk about, and that's the Houston Texans. They're going to get an A-plus for me. And if there's anything higher, you know, on tests, when you used to be able to get bonus points or a little five extra points, the teacher would draw a smiley face on the hundred, you know, that's what I'm giving. the zero. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm giving the Houston Texans. CJ Stroud is a top 10 quarterback when nobody thought he had any business to be. They're overperforming every um, metric that was out there that they were supposed to hit this season. It was supposed to be a transitional year, Tristan, a transitional year. And right now, they are sitting as the sixth seed to go into the playoffs. They are currently uh, second in the AFC South, and they are six and four. Tell me why this team deserves anything less than an A+. They are performing better than any other team in their... Uh, if, you, if you look at how every team was supposed to perform preseason, this team has, ha- has well gone past any expectation anybody had for them. I'm so proud of this Texans team. I'm proud of D'Amico Ryan. I'm proud of C.J. Stroud. Every receiver on that team tends to, or seems to be really, really good. Uh, just kind of like the the Bengals' offensive uh, uh, lineup, you know, it, it's just there's weapons everywhere. Singletary is having the best years he's ever had, um, and he's a veteran, and he's been in the league for a while. And the Texans somehow are making him a, a top rusher right now. So, and then the defense is also <clears throat> a lot of people don't talk about the defense, but they're playing good enough to you know win out they could win a playoff game easily i I could see them going up against um you know a team like that i mean the bills or the steelers or something like that and easily winning and advancing to the second round this texans team is doing really good i would love to see them in a super bowl i can't i can't help it if my team's out this is the team i'm rooting for i'm sorry it'll just be good to see the cinderella story actually happen Right, it is a Cinderella story. No chance they're going anywhere close to the Super Bowl. They're not sniffing it. But wouldn't I, it be fun? I think there's a good... It would be so much fun. Uh, but they, they, I think they're probably going to make the playoffs as long as they don't fall apart. It seems like, again, similar as you said with the Chiefs, again, it's the NFL, it's hard. They can't really just put away a team. Like against the Cardinals this week, they really struggled. Three interceptions by Stroud, but... What I love is that they're able to overcome it. Even when they have faced adversity, they're overcoming it. They're executing. They have hit on all their draft picks. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Tank Dale, uh, Henry Toto. This is such a good football team. But it's a young football team. That worries me come, come playoff time. I think it's a great regular season story that's going to you know a sputter out and then we'll readdress next year. But I have no problem with you giving them uh, an A-plus because we all expected they'd be picking top five next year and they're, they could win the ASC South. They're one game behind Jacksonville. I mean, it's all in front of them as the season progresses.
We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And for even more content, follow us on YouTube or click the link in the description for all things Sports Bluff.